not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. To me, really, I'd like to welcome myself back to the podcast because it has been several weeks since I have done one. I'm sorry for the absence. Um, as Matthew Corey, our old friend at Roller Dog NC, tweeted at me just a day ago, you doing last week on Earth this week? I bet you aren't sure where to begin, but pick a spot, hit record, and do your thing. And that is exactly what the problem was. There's just so much happening, and I wanted a minute to process it all. And, uh, but I can't leave the brain trust hanging that long, so I decided this was the time to come back in and do it. And this is a special episode in that I have a recording coming to you guys in a few minutes, um, where I ha- was at a show in Lake Tahoe and I, I was interrupted when I took and I mentioned Trump by some very avid, angry Trump supporters, and I got into a discussion with one of them right after the show. And that will be the end of this episode of the podcast. I'll introduce it more properly in a moment. But first, I thought, what better way to come back and recap these first few weeks of the Trump presidency? Lowercase t for Trump, by the way, is how we should all be spelling it. Um, With fan favorite, brain trust favorite, and just brilliant comedic and political mind, Ben Morrison, at Ben Morrison on Twitter, so you can live-tweet along with this episode. Benny Boy, welcome back, my brother. Welcome back. I feel like I never left. I know, I feel like you never left either, even though you did, because there have been some episodes that you haven't been on recently, but tell yourself whatever makes you you feel better about yourself. Well, there's one thing I know to be true. It's anytime you call Ben Glebe just to say hi, and it's been a while, you might wound up being on a podcast. <laughs> That's exactly right. You might wind up as well. Might wind up. I have to, you have to be ready for a drive-by podcasting at any time with with Glebe. Yeah, look, I like to hit people with surprise casts. So I feel <laughs> like that's the way you get them the most organic. It's a lot like like the old uh, pie in the face or the or the or the drive-by shooting. It just it really catches you off guard. Yep, it's like punked for podcasts. You got it's like casted. Podcast. You got casted, bro. So true. Speaking of, did you see Ashton Kutcher's passionate speech before Congress? When? Just and, a couple days ago. And no. Uh, Tommy Lahren hit him for being passionate and caring about the world, which is not surprising considering her track record of attacking people that care about life. Um, but, um, and she's a friend of mine, so I say that with love. Um, 
But uh, basically, he apparently is the CEO of an organization called Thorn that is working to create um, internet technologies that can help crack down on child slavery and on sex slaves. And gave this amazing speech um, about the things he's seen in doing this work. And um, it gets very graphic to graphic to mention on a comedy podcast, but um, he had to, at the beginning of his speech, uh, ahead of the criticism he knew would come, justify why it's okay for him as an actor and an activist to actually care about things because he knew he'd be so attacked by the right um, on that. Did they attack him on his reasons for doing it in the face of knowing he would get attacked? That I don't know. I didn't get to see Tommy's comments uh, at full length, but I know there was some ire there, but it was a very passionate and beautiful speech. I recommend anybody watch the full 15 minutes, but I don't know how you can attack somebody for trying to stop child sex slavery. It seems like that should be... if, If that cannot be a bipartisan issue, really, what can? I think the only person that uh, would want to stop child sex slavery is child sex slavers. Yeah, like, basically the Sandusky family is the only ones that would probably be like, hey, come on, they're not so bad. And a good portion of the Catholic Church. Yeah, true, true. Just the powerful portion, that's all. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but we do digress from obviously the big story of the week, and that is the Oscars are around the corner. Who's your fave? The guy who was in the movie about loss. Who? Who? I don't know. All of them. It, it honestly, like, I think one effect of all of this, unfortunately, has been, or maybe fortunately is that don't these award shows just seem a lot less important now? Until Meryl Streep gets up there, brah. It doesn't matter. I mean, I thought she shot herself in the foot with that speech the second she began comparing, um, you know, wrestling to to what real entertainment should be. Like, I, th- I thought she was doing great until she yeah. drawed, a line, drawed a class line in the sand, and that's the whole problem. You know? Yeah, that that is the whole exact problem. That's a good way to transition to the topic of Trump and his supporters, is that as much as I recoil at so many of the things Trump's trying to ham-handedly, literally almost with tiny hands made of ham, it seems like, signing these documents because the signature is illegible, and he has tiny little hands that are full of miss... miss yeah, Donald, uh, Donald, uh, Donald Trump's signature seems like... Uh... It seems like a seismograph machine in a fairly eventful quake, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like a telegraph machine for someone lying out of their teeth. His very his very signature tells you the earthquake he's going to cause. No doubt, no doubt. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, what's it called? A liar test? What's what are those called? Oh yeah, um, a polygraph. <laughs> polygraph test, exactly. It's like you can just tell he's lying as he fucking signs his name. He's like, oh. I can't stay calm. That's pretty but, funny. Um, plus, also, it's just hard for his miniature hands to hold a pen. His hands really are... I mean, I'm not being... Like, even if I loved him, I'd say, that man has some small hands. Yeah, his favorite song that kind of like hits him too hard, makes him cry privately, and he has to publicly say, 
I don't relate to this song at all. Is Jules? My hands are small like nobody. That yours not my fault. You know that song? Why were you not a singer, man? You really got it in your heart. Thank you so much. Because by the time it comes out of my heart from my mouth, it doesn't sound great. It has Kermit the Frog tendencies. I'll buy that. So you were saying? So I was saying. Um, I think that that is the big thing that a lot of liberals don't seem to understand is that the constant outrage machine that they have about Donald Trump blindly, no matter what he says or does, A, makes it impossible to have appropriate outrage for the worst things, like it's just we're crying wolf constantly. B, um, thinking that fancy fucking movies about Margaret Thatcher or about Julia Child that Meryl Streep acts in are somehow more valid or better entertainment than wrestling or MMA is such an elitist opinion that's going to alienate not only half, I think the vast majority of the country prefers that sort of entertainment to these like art house films. And it's just so disrespectful of what the true pain and true world view and world and life position of many Trump supporters is, is that they're, they're hurting, they're struggling. They aren't the Hollywood elite. They're the people who lost their coal jobs and lost. I mean, okay. 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 Here's my question. Here's my actual legitimate question. Okay. Is it really that bad across the whole country? Like you travel a lot more than I do. Are people really out of work everywhere? Is is the whole country just like coal miners who can't catch a break? Or have people had a rough couple of years economically that are staying afloat, but they're more angry than anything else? Well, I, I will tell you, while my sample's very skewed also, because it's people who are saying, what was that sound? Uh, my chair squeaking. Oh my God, it sounded like you all of a sudden brought me into a haunted house. Good. Is, is that what happened? Did you bring me into a haunted house? None more haunted than the one we're living in. Continue. Fair enough. Um, so it's a skewed sample of people who can afford to buy tickets to go see a comedy show when you can see tons of comedy for free on YouTube. So it's already by design a skewed financial sample. But even in that sample, I never used to get this when I would do crowd work and I do a lot of talking to the crowd in my act. And I used to get it occasionally. Now, very often, I'd say one in Every five people I talk to in the crowd, one in every seven maybe, says they're unemployed. And they're admitting that out loud. So there's probably also some embarrassment factor that is, makes the number even higher. Um, I think it is hard for people out there. Now, I understand that we've had whatever it is, 73 straight months of, of job growth. And I think Obama did an incredible job at writing the economy and getting us back on track. And we're near full employment again, despite what Trump says. But I do think that there's a lot of people, I guess I can't even say we're near full employment because there's a lot of people that need jobs and want better jobs and better paying jobs and jobs that are full-time jobs that can put a, uh, enough money in the bank they can feed their family and pay their bills. And I think people are struggling. So I think that is real. But I think it's more that there are certain segments of population that are unwilling to adapt to, like you said to me earlier, Ben, like to adapt away from dying industries. And make no mistake, coal is a, 
a very dying industry. I mean, even symbolically. Is your chair coughing now? Your chair's coughing. No, it's just my office chair. Back to Cole. Uh, just the very idea that we should be trying to keep alive, like almost, it's, you know, almost like a, a Tolkien esque industry of like, you know, carving coal out of mountains. Um, we no, no, no longer need to do that, you know, and, you know, I've done shows in West Virginia, like that state really is based on coal, but because these energy industries just wanted to keep making money doing what they do, they, they didn't adapt. I, I never understood why someone like an Exxon wouldn't decide to go all in on renewables and then be the, the number one name in renewables. Yeah, I don't get that either. I, I don't get why you try to fight the dying of the light. Like, why do you try to fight, not in a noble way, but in something that truly is just going extinct? Why would you fight what's inevitable? Why not go with the times? I've never understood that. That having, been, that having been said, Trump promised all these people that they'd be back to work quickly. My, right, so thank you. That, that, that's what takes me back to the point I was trying to make, was that despite whether it's wrong-headed or right-headed to stick by industries that are not the future or to believe that Trump is going to do it, the liberals that are constantly outraged, the 24-hour... Uh, panic attack over Trump that you see on MSNBC and CNN now, which you got to hand it to Fox News, even on that one front, they at least are covering news more. You turn on Fox News and they're talking about Syria sometimes. They're talking about the details of North Korea and of Russia. Really, all CNN is is a constant panel of people regurgitating or, or rather just bloviating about the one 10-second regurgitated Trump soundbite or executive order that is the most controversial on a surface level, and they're not discussing in detail any policy. So now a Fox News sort of is becoming the more, not trusted name of news, but the more actual news, which is what they're, they're getting an advantage over these other news organizations and feeding into Trump's narrative to a degree. Um, but it ignores, the constant outrage ignores you know, we keep acting as though everything Trump says and does is just unbelievable. And you can't believe he's doing this. You can't believe that he's saying these things. Yes, you can. It's exactly what he is and what he was the entire campaign. And if you ever listen to Trump supporters, which you have to do, you have to listen to the other side to understand them because they too are living, loving, breathing human beings who want prosperity. And they're not morons who just voted for chaos for no reason. There's a reason behind it. And they'll almost admit, and you'll see at the interview, the conversation I have at the end of this podcast with Trump supporter, he admits in a quiet moment that Trump's not the best, that he's kind of nuts in the things he says and does, but that they wanted to give him a shot anyway because nothing else was working. And that's the big point that nobody seems to realize on the left, is that they know, they knew he was going to be an ass and be crazy, and buck every convention of polite society and of our government. But they're tired of these polite, handsome, well-dressed, well-spoken presidents who put on a perfectly tailored suit, go in front of Congress and in front of the nation, and every year in the State of the Union, and every speech, promise to fix every single ill of society, every laundry list of things. And they never do it. Maybe society gets marginally better, 
or it gets worse and they leave office the other four years with multi-million dollar book deals and with cushy lives and big smiles on their faces and the middle class keeps getting smaller and keeps getting stuck and more difficult to become upwardly mobile and get out of it and the lower class the poor class the working class is stuck even worse and never sees a way out and so when somebody says look i have business success i can shake up the system quite literally so that's that you gotta hand to trump is what he's doing he's shaking the fuck out of the system they if elections do have consequences like we say on both sides they have to have consequences on both sides so you have to allow the man that got elected to shake up the system a little bit and see whether some fruit falls out of the tree or if the system breaks. But they voted for a guy that's going to take risks and shake up the system. So to act like we need him to all of a sudden be, you know, Winston Churchill, assuming Churchill even acted well, and I don't think he did from some of the dirty quotes you see of his. Why are people acting so... Uh, so shocked at the fact that he's being who he said he would be because who he said he would be was so beyond the scope of what anyone ever pictured a president would be for sure and he even said like i'll be the most presidential you'll see i get an office it seems to be presidential and clearly he's struggling with that quite a bit i mean it took him like two weeks of like anti-semitic attacks and threats and bomb threats to finally come out and give a mild statement just today but, and I think a lot of Trump supporters, you're right, probably expected that a lot of that was campaign bluster and that he would like sober up a little bit in office, which he does not seem to be doing. And it is insane how he just like, you know, takes Fox News reports as, as fact. I mean, one of the most insane, I just saw this excellent, there's a guy I started following on Twitter who's, uh, I mean, on Instagram, those pictures of an anonymous mask. And he just constantly all day, like brilliant attacks on Trump, but it, this one says, and I quote, his name is Joe Kisanu, J-O-E-K-I-S-A-N-U. It says, just so we're clear, we've got a commander in chief who does not believe the consensus conclusions of every American intelligence agency, but he'll swear by something he heard in passing on Fox News. Yep. And it really is a crazy weird place. And that's where I think the outrage is valid. And I'm outraged. Don't get me wrong. I'm not justifying Trump's behavior. I really hope and think that he's a risk for our, to our nation. And I hope that the Republicans realize that too. As, as Al Franken admitted in private circles, the Republicans in Congress admit they think he's mentally unstable. And I think that's the most dangerous thing about Trump. It's not his policies. They're, they're, many of them are, are very distasteful to me, but I'm praying we get President Pence, that we get Trump impeached, and just get the abhorrent policies of Pence, who at least won't tweet something that may end up in war with nuclear war with North Korea, or may end up, because he has business dealings he refuses to admit to, make us in bed with Russia, who's challenging us militarily and buzzing their planes by us and doing all kinds of provocations every day that Trump's not responding to. What kills me about Russia is it's like, who the fuck cares about Russia? What do they make? They make a couple brands of vodka and fucking really hot... Great brides. Brides. They have no economy. They have no GDP. And it's just so funny to me that we hear about Russia so often when Not Russia... Not buddy. They've got gross domestic pussy, believe you me. 
Yes, they do. And I actually do believe that British dossier that Moby seems to know so much about. However, um, again, who the fuck cares about Russia? You know, Russia has no economy. I mean, of course, there's plenty of counter arguments to, you know, their oil trade, etc. But as a whole, Russia hasn't really been relevant in on a global scale as far as their ability to be a, a, a global player economically for fucking 50 years. You know? Economically, yes, but militarily they are a player, and we allowed them under Obama to become a player again very recently, even in, in Syria, when we allowed Syria to cross the red line of using chemical weapons that Obama set, and then last minute, instead of attacking, said, okay, wait, 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 maybe we can make a deal and like co co-author a deal with Russia. They kind of allowed Russia to become this like power broker on the international stage again. And they have nukes, as Trump correctly said. We got nukes, and they got nukes, and irresponsibly always talks about nuclear war, but he goes, a nuclear holocaust would be horrendous. Uh, yeah, no shit, but it's true. Yeah, he finally heard about that uranium stuff, and boy, it's powerful stuff. <laughs> um, the thing about Trump is, I, I still don't think he ever wanted this fucking job, you know? He spent every weekend as president golfing. Yeah, going to Mar-a-Lago every weekend. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't want this gig. You know, if you're really down to be president, you don't go to your golf resort every weekend. Like, I think he's dying to return to be, to, to being Donald Trump, the, the douchey celebrity. And he's trying to still do that as, as president. But the, the funny part about all that is, is his wanting to just still be Donald Trump, the president, uh, sorry, the Donald Trump, the celebrity is still so in keeping with his complete disregard for the office of the presidency that even that makes his supporters happy. It's weird. Right, but why do you think if that's true that he did, so doesn't want it and can't wait to be done? Why is he going at such a breakneck pace trying to get stuff out? Like I tweeted joking like he knows he's going to be impeached soon, so he's trying to like make his mark on history by getting it all done in the first month. Um, uh, I think it... It, it comes back to wanting that adoration, you know? I mean, he had a campaign rally a month into being president. He wants those... Screaming. Is that a re-election campaign rally? It's so fucking banana. Well, here's my point, though. That's like me starting next week's podcast right now. He he really misses the... Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is next week's podcast. Already in progress with Ben Morrison. What were you saying, buddy? I'm saying he really misses the the outright adoration that he got for a year and a half. And, you know, the funny part to me was during the campaign rally, they were still dying to shout slogans. They were still dying to shout, drain the swamp, lock her up, you know? these And his audiences want that visceral reaction as well. I think he enjoyed being a candidate a lot more than he is enjoying being the president. Oh, that's for sure. You know? That's for sure. But so do you think, you know, you know, we're talking a little while ago about this off air. Do you think that there is something to a the part I just mentioned about he deserves maybe more of a shot just because this is what we knew we were electing and we knew we were electing a guy who said and does crazy shit that's not super well thought out. I mean, to be clear, we didn't know we were electing anything. We thought we knew we were electing Hillary. 
And the dude no, my, point, my point is, based on our electoral college system, Trump won, and so elections have consequences, and so don't the people who elected him deserve to see what the guy can do because, like, isn't it, let me ask you that first direct question more simply. Is that not a very valid argument that, is it not a very valid argument that all of these, like, even, you know, like, people criticize the Democratic Party, that it's like, they just took on the social issues in recent decades, so they look like the good guys, they fight for the social issues, but they do nothing still to stop being caring more about just their own congressional self-interest and their power self-interest and still doing nothing to overturn the economic disparity in this country. They still keep the rich rich and do nothing to change it. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I buy all that, and I buy the message of looking after, of actually trying to look after the poor, you know? I mean, the populace... So, don't, so, so then why is it not a fair argument to, to give play devil's advocate? Because when, you're, not, when your nominee for the Secretary of Education is so blatantly put there because her family gave $200 million to the Republicans, that's when you need to actually resist, you know? They're about well, to, no, but, oh, but look, I agree, but then people all the time talking about getting rid of the Department of Education, no one bats an eye. So I know that's shitty, but their argument is still going to be fine. That's Maybe that's stupid, but I don't care about all that. I want somebody who's going to finally do something significant to change the system, to put in tariffs maybe and change our trade deals to bring back jobs or to at least punish companies for exporting jobs so that we finally have a chance to, to, to actually become prosperous in our small towns again. To, so why, why do we have to force a guy or force our president to follow every rule and every convention and then another many presidencies go by without any significant boost or change or help to the lower class and middle class. Why not just try and, like I said to you on the phone before, like be a little punk rock with it and say like, we'll just fuck the system then, you know, or a little rap with it and like fuck the police. Like why not just say, this doesn't work for me, so I'm going to try something totally fucking different and go anti-establishment for real. Because his anti-establishment is made up of the worst parts of the establishment. That's the disconnect for me. And that's that's the part that I, I feel that Trump supporters don't educate themselves on. Right. You know? I mean, quite Elaborate frankly... Elaborate on that a little bit more, because I agree with you on that. That is the, the counter-argument to it. Elaborate on that more. I think, I think most people would agree on the almost libertarian ideals that are at the core of his messaging, that the system is broken. Everyone, I think, would agree with that. Everyone in the system, I think, would agree with that. And he rode a wave of populist anger on clearing the system, draining the swamp. And I think to bring it back to your point of why not give him a shot, if he was actually draining the swamp and was bringing in the best minds that had been overlooked by the system, I'd say, yeah, man, let's give him a shot. But he's only doing half of the equation. It's one thing to talk about wanting to do the system over, clear it out, drain the swamp. But you lose all credibility with that messaging once 
you drain the swamp by installing three guys from Goldman, by giving the Department of Education away to an heiress, a, to a donor, a donor family, by, by putting Rick fucking Perry in charge of the fucking nukes. Great dancer to his defense. But that's my point. I think the disconnect happens with Trump supporters where maybe even the great majesty of what he's done is he's able to keep them so occupied with their populist anger that they yeah. don't then, they don't do any research into what is actually being done in their name. I think it's the right. classic bait and switch of how the Republican Party has been able to so possess the poor, which are the direct victims of Republican policies, is they know how to play to people's anger, and they know that if you keep someone angry, you keep them on message, your message. And I think if Trump supporters really understood the people, the real people that are being installed in their cabinet, and were able to be humble enough for a second that they might have to admit that this doesn't feel right to them, they'd feel differently about what's actually going on. I think that the problem is, though, is he's been very, very effective at installing an anger firewall around his supporters. He's made them so paranoid of the media as a whole that he makes a select few channels their sole source of information, and those channels are in on it where they're actually not really going into what's being done in their name. And he's so brilliant still at his, the guy's just the most brilliant, effective communicator and brander in the world and rabble rouser and like troller in the world. He trolls the media every day so hard that all that Fox and MSNBC cover, it's a constant outrage. Gene, and they do not cover the more nefarious policy things he's doing because they're too busy saying he called us fake again. Are we fake? Are we not fake? Is it fair? He tweeted sad. Should he be tweeting sad? Should he not be tweeting the word yeah. sad? I mean, that, that's what we were talking about. I mean, like I said, I, for me, watching Milo Yanapa Poopy Face's interview on Bill Maher, <laughs> that watching that interview was a moment for me. That was, that was a real moment because it was a moment in the sense that it was almost like pulling back the curtain and seeing that the great and powerful Oz is a short guy, a short, bald guy. And I say that meaning in my wildest dreams, I would have never, ever thought that the editor of Breitbart was a flamingly gay British Jew with a black boyfriend. I would have never, ever, ever, ever in my wildest dreams thought that is he that, too? Yes, he is. That that guy is running Breitbart. And the reason it was a moment is it was a light bulb moment for me in the sense that Republicans are masterful trolls. And they know yeah. that liberal outrage is so potent that if they keep this machine running of just baseless aggression, it'll keep liberals so busy being pissed off that in the back room, they can dismantle whatever they want with impunity and have been. And we'll continue. Right. And, and have shadow president Steve Bannon, who actually is this anti-Semitic, alt-right, doomsday, apocalyptic, sees the world ending guy making these policies that are heading us faster towards that. And no one really 
notices it enough or makes enough hay about it. I mean, the media is unable to hold Trump's administration or Trump to account on anything because of the noise. They can't even just say, look, this is completely ridiculous that the guy keeps defending Russia. They are shady as fuck and refuses to tell us what his business ties are and releases taxes. They can't even just say no, sir. We won't allow it because he keeps changing the narrative every fucking day. Well, I think what I think I'd like to end my my section on the podcast is, is is a conversation we were having about how the comedians are handling all this. And I'd like everyone to listen. I'd like everyone listening to this to just try, look up some of the things I'm, I'm going to talk about in the sense that I've been fascinated by the reaction to the comedians on this. Most notably, Colbert, who I urge everyone listening to watch because he's fucking back. This is monologues, even, you were saying. Yes, yes, yes. Colbert. Essentially what happened is the, the late night shows are now on YouTube. Okay, so right after the monologues air, they post just the monologue. So every day you can go to YouTube and watch Colbert's monologue from the night before. Or if you're up late, you can watch it from the night of just the monologue. Then, of course, if he has a desk piece, you can watch that. And the interviews, you can watch that, too. But the monologue is what really gets me. Colbert's ratings are finally back up again. And he's, I think in the last couple of weeks, he's been beating Kimmel and Fallon because he decided not to be this fluffy, you know, late night guy. He decided to kind of be the mainstream voice of resistance. And it's it's electric to watch. He's 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 not backing down from anything. And he's he's back, man. He He's comfortable Wait. being Stephen Colbert again. Which is awesome. I, I'm going to start watching them myself, since you told me that. Um, and we need it more than ever, because the last thing I want to quickly cover with you, or just get your thoughts on, which I'm certain you were going to agree with me, is this has to be a bipartisan issue that, as John McCain, a great American hero, despite what Trump says, said this week, and many are saying, when Trump is trying to categorize just the media in general as fake news and as lying constantly. This is the greatest threat to our nation more than anything else Trump says or does. Yep. Try to delegitimize our belief in our news organizations and trying to make us exist in this post-truth era, as it is being called, in this alternative facts being as acceptable as actual fucking facts. It's so frightening. We have to protest that more than any other individual issue. It needs to be, no, sir, facts are real. Facts are facts. You are not entitled to your own facts. You can have your own opinions, not your own facts. It's the most crucial risk facing our democracy. Well, I think the the real problem with, with what he's doing is, you know, I don't think he's setting up a dictatorship. I think he's setting up a cult. Right. Wow. That's very interesting. Once you delegitimize any outside sources of information, you make yourself the sole arbiter of the idea of truth. And dictators force their way into power. He didn't do that. He got elected. He got elected by initiating his supporters into his cult of Trump truth. And that, I think, is the real danger. Well, that. it's a cult of personality, too. But, I mean, fairness, Hitler got elected. He didn't force his way in. You can become a dictator in office. I wonder if there are any vintage, like, vote Hitler posters laying around. Uh, that's very interesting. They probably are. Um, and I had an ex-girlfriend who had a Hitler stamp that I made her burn in my fire pit because 
I thought that was the weirdest thing in the world. But um, I think that we need to, because, again, like I was saying to you earlier, some of Trump's policies, I'm open-minded to. If he were, would, were, if he were to stop, you know, listening to Steve Bannon and having him be his right-hand man and stop also doing this racist stuff and being slow to rebuke racism and hatred and being this rabble rouser trying to fire burner only for his own ego, some of his policy I don't agree, I don't disagree with on the face of. I don't disagree with extreme vetting of people from te- from countries that are stricken with a lot of terrorism. I don't disagree with trying to get rid of illegal immigrants who came here against the law and are committing crimes. I'm fine with that on its face. I'm fine with trying to undo trade deals that are hurting our country. Bernie Sanders believed in that. On its face, I don't disagree with some of those policies. What we have to disagree with more than anything is his ego being so big that he's willing to throw our entire foundation of what keeps our government somewhat honest at least the fourth estate which is the media the fourth branch of our nation that to say that they are no longer real and it's unfortunate because because what they what cnn is doing is they're feeding into his narrative by running with the russia dossier the the the, uh without it being confirmed and by 23 hours out of the 24 per day just talking about substancelessly debating whether or not what Trump's last thing he said is cool or not or fair or not or what can we do instead of covering the more important issues behind it, they are making themselves less substantive and it's easier to buy into Trump saying they're not real news. They are real news. They're covering real events. They're just covering them very slowly and with not a lot of in-depth reporting, but it's real. They're not making shit up. Except for that one instance, they probably should not have run with that Russia dossier. And it's not disproven, but it's not proven either. So they need to be more diligent and stop being this constant regurgitating machine of just talking about the salacious Trump story of the day. We need to fight that, and I'll fight that with every fiber left in my being. But let me uh, transition out of this part of the podcast and into the end of it by, A, thanking you, Ben. Anything you'd like to plug or tell, tell to the fine people? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, what I really would love everyone to do is go and subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Ben the Morrison. I'm releasing a lot of content, two stand-up clips a week, and I've begun to do kind of self-improvement vlogging as well. And I really enjoy making all the content on a regular basis. So please go to my YouTube channel and subscribe and, um, and check out the, uh, the, the videos I'm putting out. And follow him on Instagram and Twitter, at Ben the Morrison, yeah. all of them. He really has these really funny stand-up clips that are subtitled and are just excellent little nuggets of comedy. I really wish I could release such great little little short-form stand-up content myself. I need to start doing it. It's really great that you're doing it. It's really funny stuff. Yeah, call them um, little bits, because they are. And because your dick is small, isn't the kind of the joke you're making? It's a micro-penis. Wow, I'm so sorry to hear that. But next to Trump's hands, it looks huge. It looks like a 70s porn star big. Ben's dick is small, he knows, but next to Trump's hand, it looks like my nose, because it's bigger by comparison, his micro-penis. So my point with that, Kermit the Frog returns, um, is that uh, Ben will be back, of course, soon in the next few weeks, I'm sure. I'll be back next week with another episode. But to discuss 
how important it is, or to go further into how important it is for us to communicate in a reasonable, rational way with each other, and to not just shout each other, but to listen to the other side, and to hear what it is that people who even are blue-collar workers who support Trump, what they see and what they acknowledge is or isn't his flaws, is what happened this just a few days ago in Lake Tahoe on Wednesday night, my first show there at the Tahoe Improv at Harvey's Hotel and Casino, and I was surprised, I didn't realize going in, it was like a very pro-Trump crowd, a lot of Trump supporters in every crowd. And the first night, I just mentioned Trump. I didn't even do a joke yet. And I literally had people in the crowd shouting, I've never experienced this in my career, fuck you, shut up, he's our president, he's doing great things, Hillary should have been locked up, fuck it. It was the most aggressive, vitriolic, angry, immediate response. I literally couldn't even tell one of my Trump jokes. And I stayed away from Trump jokes the rest of the weekend until I hit it about another 10 minutes in that crowd because I was just so pissed. Um, but the loudest of those was this couple sitting in the front row. The wife was especially angry and especially vitriolic and un unable to, un unwilling to have an open mind about the things that I was saying. Her husband was more open-minded, but also a very vocal Trump supporter. Afterwards, when I was selling my CDs and signing autographs and posing for pictures with people out, outside of the club in the hotel, he came by, she came by, and I kind of just opened my arms and kind of made her hug me. We had kind of an okay moment. It was nice, and she walked away, and her husband stuck around, and we started talking politics. And he's like, look, I want to explain why we like Trump. And I started talking, listening. I said, can I record this for the podcast? And he said, sure. And we had a very interesting 20-minute or so conversation where we just dove into um, what he likes and doesn't like and to see if we could find any middle ground because that's the only way we're going to move forward as a country is by not getting angrier and angrier and splintering further and further, but by finally trying, possibly, if at all we can, to find some middle ground. And so... Um, that conversation will begin in just one moment. I just have to, Ben, if you have another one minute so I can please quickly do Twitter answers. Is that okay with you? When have I ever said no to you? God bless you. I know you got to go because you have a friend coming over and you're recording this on your phone. Uh, so I really appreciate that. But just give me a moment here. I asked the Brain Trust, what's the weirdest thing to you about life? Because I've just been tripping out about the world recently and trying to find the ground. And... Um, some really cool answers. Christian Rivera at Rival My Design wrote, the list is endless. Needing to sleep is weird. Quote, take a break from existence and go on this acid trip. If I died in my sleep, my last thought would be Katy Perry in a waffle cone singing the Muppet Babies theme song. That's a weird part of life. Um, T-Bell says that someone you saw at a red light can become your best friend in a dream. That's not happened to me, but that would be cool. Everest Valens writes, we're floating in a liquid sphere around a star in a universe that was once a million, billion, billion times smaller than an atom. Mm. I love that. Renee Flamin at Flamin Renee says, lately the weirdest thing for me is how everyone is suddenly a political pundit, avid, interested, and everywhere. And that is quite interesting, too, for sure. Um... Tracy at Shine Lovely says that the USA wanted change, yet they voted for an orange Marvin the Martian for president. Um, fair, fair. Um, why, John Bolhauer, Farfunkel, at Faruncle says, says, why do girls expect you to talk to them after sex? Weird. 
<laughs> um, George Miller writes, starfish have no brains. That is pretty strange for sure, but it does, ex it does explain why you can touch their innards and they just like go, woohoo, like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Um, at Ellie Farmer, a bit last week on Earthian, but very dark even for me, says that once it's over, we won't know what ever happened. Pretty intense. Uh, at CBA even says that the ocean remains vastly unexplored and every person I walk past in public places has their own timeline. I love that. That's pretty insane for sure. And it really is weird we've not explored the ocean fully, yet we are exploring so deep in outer space. It's pretty weird. Like we don't ever, we're not something I'm developing in my standby like that. We're never satisfied with our own, what we have on earth. We always look elsewhere for the answer and often they're in front of us. Um, and lastly, Promethazine at ZM Rotex says, there's no way to determine that reality is the same for every person or if anything itself is even real. So Ben, I ask you, what is the weirdest part of life to you? What is the weirdest part of life to me? Uh, that we're all essentially a computer with feelings billion neurons, a trillion connections happening every second, all those little electrical impulses combine to cause what we call our feelings, that trips me out. That our brain is essentially a living supercomputer, and it is everything we are and ever will be, a sponge with a vendetta. Yeah, wrapped around a human organism, wrapped around like a like a organic material that dies. It's so when weird. I say we're... we're all we are is an electric sponge that got its hands on some hands. <laughs> I love that. And to me, the weirdest part of life just has to be, wh wh why the Kardashians? Why is that the most interesting family? I don't know. I feel so bad. I haven't been keeping up with them. I know. We really have to, dude. It's our duty as patriots. Yep. Um, I'm on, a, on the road as part of the Glebe Squad Tour. That's the name I landed on. Hashtag Glebe Squad Tour for dates. Um, go to BenGlebe.com, please, and buy tickets upcoming this weekend, Feb 24 to 25, in Indio, California, where Coachella takes place at the Fantasy Springs Hotel and Casino, right near Palm Springs at the Improv, March 2 to 4, the weekend after that, in Salt Lake City at Wise Guys Comedy Club, March 16 to 19, in Phoenix, Arizona, at the House of Comedy, March 25th, headlining the Hollywood Improv, tickets there at Improv.com, April 6 to 8, the Sacramento Punchline, and June 29th through July 1st at the Atlanta Laughing Skull Comedy Club in the Vortex Bar and Lounge. Tickets to all of it at BenGlebe.com. And in two weeks from tonight, or two weeks, in two Tuesdays, I'll be doing my first ever roast battle at the Comedy Store Belly Room. Um, come out and support me and watch me tear somebody a new asshole. And I mean that probably even literally. If I, that's what it takes to win, I will do it. Um, tickets for all of it at BenGlebe.com. It is the Glebe Squad Tour, and it's coming to you. But I will now uh, transition into this very interesting 20-minute conversation with a very nice man, a blue-collar worker, a Trump supporter, and we saw if we can find any middle ground between us, if we could actually hear each other at all or not. And you'll also see how I got him to... Give me some of his money at the end of our conversation. Um, ben, thank you for being here as always. My pleasure, as always. And now, that conversation outside of the improv in Lake Tahoe 
as I was greeting my crowd. Already in progress. Oh, and at the end of it, you will hear Justine Marino, my future act, briefly say a few words, as well as her, her boyfriend, Mitch, um, at the very end of it, because they overheard little bits and pieces of it. Um, but the vast majority is this conversation between Josh, the Trump supporter, and myself, moments after my very contentious stand-up comedy show with Trump supporters angrily screaming me down in the crowd, completed. It begins right now. So yeah, here's my thought on it. Okay. Is okay. So I think in our politics in general, we're just too polarized, right? We're just too Absolute, angry. On, so, absolutely. So here's my thought with, with Obamacare: Are there things should be fixed? Of course, of course. Anything that's fucked up in it should be fixed. But when the Republican side says blanketly, "Repeal it, repeal it," we don't even have a plan to fix it. That's just more polarizing. Shouldn't shouldn't? Here's my question: to You shouldn't the answer be? Shouldn't the logical answer be something that's a program that's passed that has major problems? Shouldn't it be, let's find which parts are the problems and repeal those parts. Absolutely. Fix those parts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like the parts that give people with pre-existing conditions, they can't be turned down anymore by rich, greedy insurance companies for insurance. We should yeah. keep that part. That's awesome that we have that now. People under 26 can still be on their family's insurance. So you have kids and they can be on your insurance until they get on their feet. Isn't that an awesome part of it? Absolutely. So we can keep those two parts, or like the main two parts that I love. And then all the rest, all the things that are making the cost go up, let's fix it. Let's have right. Republicans have the brand new plan but, to fix but, it. But the problem is when a family like mine has $1,200 a month. Right. I mean, that's more than most people pay in rent for a house. Mm -hmm. Rent or a house payment. Unless you live outside of California, yeah, totally. Right? That twelve hundred dollars, crazy. Amazing. And then when your when your deductible is fifteen thousand dollars, so nuts. what are you paying? You're paying twenty thousand dollars. That's more than a lot of people make. Yeah. And then we have generations and generations and generations and generations being taught have babies, live on welfare, get food stamps. And that's how they live. Yeah, that's that's not what that system was designed for. That's totally. not what that system was And so, I 100% so, agree with so, that, too. So when you have people doing drugs and getting unemployment, getting getting uh, welfare checks, getting food stamps, getting assistant living, Section 8 is a huge problem. Mm -hmm. You have these, these people that are owning a building or several buildings mm -hmm. that are being rented for $1,000, $1,200. The state's paying that. The people living there are paying a fraction of that. Yeah, yeah. And those people are on drugs. Those people are, totally. are, are, their plan is never to go off that. Their plan is to live like that. But even on that and issue. And to never get a job. I agree a million percent. But even on that issue, don't you think it's the same exact solution? Don't you think it's again? It's just fixing but, but it, how, right? But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because so you're not how, against all welfare. No, no, there's some no, people no, are disabled no. or cannot find no, a job or trying hard. Some people, to, so, yeah, yes, right. yes, yeah. Those. So those we people. need to be able to put in just checks, fix the fucked up Excellent. parts, drug test, drug test. Oh, so you make agree sure with the drug test? Okay, see, see, that's yes. and see, so that that's most, what I'm saying. Most of the time, the Democratic side doesn't want to hear. I all agree that. with that. They, I they agree. Don't hear that. I'm not saying either oh, side's do, good. I'm not Democrat down, or Republican either. Uh, yeah, by the way, if if you go down and you and you piss test clean for drugs and you're eligible for. Welfare. And you can show you've been looking for Perfect. work. And show you've been looking for, for yeah. work. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Totally. I mean, I mean, the reality situation, I'm, I am not the person that stands and says, hey, these people are wrong, these people are right. I don't want to judge anybody. I don't want to say anything. Right. I'm on unemployment right now. Right. I haven't gotten any money from it yet, but I'm on unemployment right now. Right now. I'm up here fucking Lake Tahoe, mm -hmm. having a good time, right. and I'm on unemployment. 
You're right? on unemployment. I'm on unemployment. You're collecting it right now. Yes. Why? Right. If you hate that stuff. Because the fact is, the system sets up to. If the it's point. already set up, so you may as well use it. Exactly. Saying. Why? Why when it rains for two months in the state of California? Right. And that's my job. I'm a heavy equipment operator and a, and a, and a class A driver. Uh-huh. I, I I'm skilled beyond skilled. Like it's stupid how much skill I have. But I can't do it when it rains. Mm-hmm. I can't move right. mud. I can't move dirt. I can't make grain. I can't compact shit when it's raining like it is. Right. So the state says, okay, fine. If you're going to be out of work, even though you made $120,000 last year, right? they say you still qualify when you haven't worked for two weeks. And you think that's bad or good? You think that's bad? Well, if I made $120,000 last year... So you would be fine if they took away your unemployment? Uh, absolutely. Right, but like, you're going to collect it as long as they have it. Well, well the problem is, is, is where, do, do you, where do you stop that? Where do you stop that? I qualify for $450 a week. Now, if you make $120,000 a year, mm-hmm. that means you're making roughly ten grand a month, mm-hmm. right? Ten grand a month, mm-hmm. four fifty. Mm-hmm. What the hell is that? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't even make my truck payment. It's not enough, To right? be honest, yeah, it yeah. doesn't even make a truck payment. Right. So my point is just, where is all of these things coming and going? I agree. Now, 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 my other big issue is, so an illegal alien comes into this country, they get hurt. No, it's fucked up. I they agree. go to the hospital and, and they get a hundred percent care. If I walked no, into I a hospital, it. no, no, but here's and the that's thing. raising our premiums. Two, that two, sucks. Two years ago, I agree with two that. Two years ago, two years ago, I didn't have the the shit I have right now. Right? If I would have walked into a hospital and I was fucked up, they would have said, "Well, what covers do you have? I don't have anything." Well, what do you? Well, now we want to attach your house. Yeah. We want to attach future wages. Um, we want to attach everything to whatever medical bills you rack up from here on in. Mm-hmm. But a person that isn't I supposed agree. to be in this country walks into a hospital, has the same injury as me. They get seen. They get I treated. They get, and they walk out of the hospital. And there is no bill that goes to them. Yeah. Guess who pays for that? I do. The guy who got hurt 100%. in this country and had to pay for my own bills. And but I have to pay for his too. I agree with you. And I don't I don't understand that. And I don't understand when why... Liberals will will say all all, all the time, so "Oh, we, we need to like protect every person who came here illegally over our own citizens." So that, that's this. nuts. Right? I love this. So the bottom line is, you and I agree yeah. on everything. How's going? That's the bottom point. line is, Trump is maybe not the best person to be handling this stuff, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Trump is the person, in my opinion. That is the only person that's going to stand up and say, listen, here's the deal. We cannot run this country the right. way we've run it. Right. We cannot be $21 trillion right. in debt. Right. China owned most of our debt. So basically, if China was able to, to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? If China was able to activate the debt or just cash in there, cash in back the debt right debt. now, they would own our country. Yeah, yeah. They own almost half our debt. No, I agree so, with that. So, and so, I think he's great so, in business. He does so, have a good business record. And, 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 and so at this point, it's like when you tell me you want – who do you want? You want the, 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 the chick Hillary who is already – we know it's a proven fact that she was – Big time involved in all the stuff in Israel and all the stuff in the Middle East. She she wants to bring as many of those people over here as she can. And I'm not. I do not not like the the people from the area that they're. But at the same time, exactly what Trump is saying right now. Those people come to this country. They, they you're talking about people from Syria and the Syria, countries. Yeah, yeah. Are, they already hate this country. Why do they hate this country? Why do they hate this country? Well, it's a, it's a whole another. It's a thing. whole huge mess. But the yeah. bottom line is, we have neither protected them, and or helped them. We haven't done what we've done is gone in there and protect our own interest, which is from the very beginning was oil. 
We can all agree on that, correct? Mm -hmm. That was the only reason we were in Iraq. I don't think that's actually true. That's part of it for sure. Cheney wanted to get Halliburton's contract in there. Big part of it. It goes deep. But I think also some of it. You said that because yeah, but some of it is revenge. He wanted for his trying to kill his dad. Understand how connected Cheney and Bush. But here's even crazier. True. But even crazier than that, I I think honestly the policy reason that they don't talk about much, but that Cheney and so it's tangent, Mm -hmm. but quickly that that Cheney and Bush and all them did that is because they are trying to create what they call the freedom agenda in the world. They thought by forcibly making Iraq be a democracy, it would make the rest of the Arab world see that a democracy could flourish there and it would spread through. And to some degree, some countries started thinking that because the Arab Spring it, happened and all that shit. And right? I'm not going to disagree with that because it I'm was just not, done in a fucked up way, way with lying way, with killing all these innocent yeah, Iraqis and yeah, you can't do that shit. Yeah. But so here's my broader point. So you agree that Trump is... I'm going to wrap this up very soon. <laughs> okay, thank you. You agree that Trump's not the perfect messenger for this, right? No, he's no, sloppy he's, as shit. Yeah, no, no. Because he's coming in in a very... Aggressive. Aggressive and way. Hot and hot and, and polarizing. And, and very polarizing. Extremely... Race, race baiting and doing... Yeah. yeah. So She's so mad. Your wife is mad. With, with, and, and the reason she's she's upset, it's, it's very simple. The reason she's upset is because in the end, we want this country to protect itself mm-hmm. from the inside and from the outside. And we cannot do that with the way that it is set up right now. When somebody says, hey, we need to take all these refugees and we need to bring them in this country, even though they hate us right. and our way of life. And we cannot tell, we cannot tell which ones are willing to do something about it For and sure. which ones well, aren't. But the, on that issue, then, don't you also agree the answer is still just fixing the policy and refining it? Because we shouldn't, our nation is based on welcoming refugees, right? Okay. So shouldn't we just figure out how to extreme vet, like Trump says, really figure out, and if we can't know that someone's record is so clean and yeah. has never been fucked up, we won't let them in. But we can let some people in that are cool. And also, this this big point that, that peop- I don't think Trump gets, personally, is because he's so uh, aggressive in the way he says these things, he ignores, I think, a very valid point. You have to study all these human psychology in these things, right? So just like people get angry and your wife gets angry and people attack him, yeah. when he just blanketly says, we're going to do a Muslim ban, and there's a billion Muslims in the world, isn't it just common sense that just saying that's going to anger them? And so instead of just saying, look, we love Muslims, like George W. Bush used to say, we love Muslims, but we want peace-loving Muslims, we're going to extreme vet to make sure we don't let bad Muslims into the country. If he just said that he wouldn't be making more terrorists. But by just saying Muslims are bad, we're banning all of them, for sure ISIS uses that as a recruiting tool. They're going to get thousands more terrorists because they're being so sloppy with it, and, and, the way he's saying it and, and I, implementing and, and I do agree. I do agree with that to a certain extent. That's just but, silly. But here's, here's the problem. So, so what, you're, what you're saying on this side is exactly happening on the other side too. So Russia, Putin, yeah. th- and there's a battle going on over these grounds. And this battle is not over anything other than resources. That's mm-hmm. the bottom line. Oh, you mean like in Syria? In Russia's Syria, in there, yeah, we're yeah. in there. Exactly. So, so even what people don't understand is, is, okay, Putin has rebuilt Russia. And this is another side point. I don't want to go there. But he has, he has rebuilt Russia. Russia is a very powerful, now very, they have, they don't owe anybody anything. And they have resources beyond resources. Mm-hmm. They have their own resources. They don't want to use their resources. They want to use the resources they have control over and are gaining more control over mm-hmm. in the Middle East. We have literally gone head to head with it. That's what Obama did. 
Went, right. went to head to head with yeah. Putin. That's why Obama doesn't like Putin, and that's why. But isn't why, that better than Trump, who's like for some reason not explaining why he loves Putin so much? And what what he's trying to do is not say, raising his taxes. Listen, what, what what he's trying to say, and and you know what? As a person in California who isn't involved in it, right. I don't have enough knowledge on to be able to speak. Uh, you know, like but just authoritatively. Common sense wise, but, shouldn't but here's the our thing. president tell us who, no, no. who his investments are no, no, with, so we but, know what his conflict of interest are? But here's the thing: the conflict of interest may be also. What people don't understand is Putin was ex KGB. I know he used to run the KGB. Putin, yeah, exactly. Putin is a smart guy. He's cutthroat guy. He has resources. He has power. He has money. He has everything he needs. In reality, Putin. And people, and I don't think people understand this. If you look at the reality of the situation, Russia and Putin are more powerful than our country. Well, I don't know if that's accurate, but they're definitely a force. They're definitely a huge fucking counterbalance. They don't force, owe anybody sure. anything. Yeah, that's they true. can they do what they want. And and they they are surrounded by countries. They are surrounded by countries who do not like our country for what we do. Right. You understand what the United States does to the entire world with the actual dollar? Yeah. Every day we shit in everybody's Cheerios because you know, I'm, this is no joke, man. No, no, no. Our, I like dollar, the phrasing, our dollar is so valuable to the world. Right. Our whole market system is so valuable to the world mm-hmm. that that we basically tell the whole world where 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 you guys everybody goes to see how what they're worth in reality, and you're gonna do it our way or you can. Take your money and go somewhere else. And there's nowhere else to go because the market that everybody makes money, Chinese, Japanese, um, Russia, all of Europe, now they make their money in the United States Mm -hmm. in the U.S. trading market. Right. And we tell everybody, you're going to deal with our fucking rules. Right. You can go fuck yourself. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's the reality of what we do in the world. Right. Right now. So For sure. we are trying to be this world that is like, okay, we want to be friends with everybody at the same time. It's killing us from the inside and it's making other countries like Russia who are becoming very, pe- I'm sorry, but Putin is smarter than Anybody that we have in charge and have in charge for a long time, I promise you that. Fine, but that's when it even comes to that's that. that's another example of when Trump. When so when Trump says he's smart leader, strong leader, I'm cool with him saying that. But then he should also say, "But look, I'm the president now, so here are my taxes. Here's where I'm invested. So you know, I'm saying that just because I believe it, not because oh, so, so, they're blackmailing so, so me. So what you're, weird shit what you're saying is that you're upset that transparency. That, 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 yes, that he's not completely transparent yeah. with all this. Because he's, and you he's know what? shady and you know, the way he says a lot of and, stuff. And, 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 I, and you know what? The, when Trump became president, there's going to be with the way because because the bottom line is, at the end of the day, Trump is a business guy. Business yeah. terms, and, and that's why I voted for him, and because I want him to treat our country yeah. like a business. I want everybody that sells some shit in this country to have to pay for it like everybody else does. When we sell shit to China, we pay taxes on that. We pay China taxes. We pay Japan taxes. Right. We pay anything. No, he's good that with the sell. trade deals. I agree. And, 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 he and so, Bernie Sanders are like lined yeah. up on that yes, shit. Yes, exactly. So the bottom line is, in the end of the day, we need someone who isn't going to say, you know what, the whole world can fuck us in the ass, totally. and we're cool with it. I agree with and that. that That's what that. I like about Trump. Oh God! Now you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife's coming. Bit, yeah. That's right. what I like about Trump. Let me say one last point on it. Yeah, just, absolutely. Just, just, Put a bow on it. So that's that's what I like. Coming, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think you and I both agree in this mm-hmm. conversation is that – and I'm not blaming people okay. that get heated about this stuff because we're so heated now. But that's why we have to be a lot more 
open-minded with each other, with both sides. Both sides do. I, I because agree. you I can't agree. be that you mention Obama and people get angry and you no. mention Trump, people get no. angry. No, I agree. We'll never meet in the middle. We'll never no. have a fucking middle, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So my biggest thought with regards to that is that we need to figure out every issue piece by piece, fix the parts that don't work. The, the biggest problem is the two-party system. It shouldn't be Republicans versus Democrats. It shouldn't be that It way, should yeah. be we're one country. And we need to figure Let's it out Let's fix immigration. Yeah. Let's fix health care. Let's Absolutely. fix what parts work, what parts don't. Why are we on two teams that are fucking going on TV being like, all the Republicans say no, yeah. all the Democrats say no. What are yeah. we, ch- children to a pickup game in the fucking schoolyard? I, I couldn't agree more. So stupid. I couldn't agree more. We should be all thinking about the best interests of everybody. Yeah, we need country. to have a conversation. And both sides of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's I good. That, to, I watched her kill me. No, I, I get it. I get <laughs> it. Tell her that uh, you're a what big Obama thing? guy now. Here, I'm going to give you one of my CDs. I don't. Here, I'll pay. That would be. No, no, it's, no I'm gonna, I'll give you a gift. I don't think she's. How. Hilarious would it be if you go up to your wife right now and you're like, look, you made some great points. I'm not, I'm, I'm anti-Trump now. I'm a big Hillary guy now. <laughs> no, I'm not no, saying man, that. No. I'm not saying that. No, don't, I, I don't that. want the 20. Take it. No, no, no. You sure? Of course, you did a great job. I appreciate it. I'll give you two then because no, 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 no. take two. Uh, Come on, meet me in the middle. All right. Thank you, man. Later, bud. You and what's your name again? Josh. Josh? Josh? Yeah. I can, I can post this? Absolutely. Love it. Where does it even post it at? It's my podcast. It's called Last Week on Earth on Kevin Smith's Modcast Network. Oh, it'll, it'll, it'll be out a little bit. Later, bud. That was crazy. I have a new friend. Okay. You have That's a friend who's not, who doesn't have the exact same views as you. No. Cool. I like that. And he's giving me 20 bucks. That I can gamble in the casino. Yeah, you can. His wife's not going to be happy about that, but what can you do? Um, let me stop the recording so we can go and eat food and or drink alcohol. But um, that was really interesting. And I didn't get to make one point that I wanted to make, which was... Well, he was a very reasonable guy. Like that's why everybody needs to be. His wife is just yelling, and yeah. the second that you you bring up Trump, I didn't even say anything negative really, and she just started cussing. But then I got her to laugh. Like I think the point is, we need to just calm, calm and say, you know what I mean? We need to fucking calm down and just fucking find the middle. It's just crazy how angry well, everybody yeah, is. Yeah, everyone's like, like Howie in the back when that was all going on. Yeah. He was like I had someone who was. He's very. He was really liberal on his radio show, and uh-huh. he was like, "If anyone voted for Trump, they should fucking die." And I right. fucking hate. Then I was extreme. like, "Wow, that's really intense," you know. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people. I mean, my Facebook feed is pretty intense a lot of times. Yeah, but this guy made some really great points, and they did the best job I've even heard in the whole campaign cycle of explaining why people support Trump. And I think, of course, there are some people support him because they. Are white nationalists really racist? And there's yeah. some that want the old America back. That's what they mean by "make America great again." But I think not this guy. Like this guy, oh, I forgot to mention. It's very important. This guy's half Latino. Yeah. He said in the show, he's like, "I'm half Latino. I want the fucking wall." So I think the major reason a lot of people support Trump is just because, like he said, pretty eloquently, Trump's he's not perfect. He's he's not experienced. He says messed up shit, but he's the only guy we have who's going to actually say. You can't run a business like this. Yeah. This is fucking a big problem. You can't. Yeah. He's, he's going to see things more starkly and like make changes more starkly. I think that's a good argument for yeah. Trump's style. I just think he needs to also, if he wants to do that, not be a moron and also tweet constantly yeah. insults at groups and polarize and have people in your White House that are all like, why does he have to do that? And also have his close advisor be a white nationalist racist. Like, yeah. those are things he has to reconcile. I wish I had more time talking to that guy to get to that. But, but 
I think we have to listen to the other side and understand why people support this person. You know, probably 40% of the country yeah. supported him. And if you don't understand that, then we're, we're just going to get further and further apart. Business without organized labor becomes tyranny every time. We don't have any labor power in this country, so that's not true. good. True, true, for <laughs> sure. This country is a yeah, and Trump is not a Trump is not a pro labor guy. He's a pro business guy, exactly. for sure, for sure. Well, well, communism, and so, the, <laughs> but so that's but that's what I think is misunderstood so much. I didn't get to that point either. So much, of course, to discuss on these things, but but. Trump pretends to a large degree. Like, he might be good for renegotiating the trade deals and make them more America favorable and all that, but he might be better in some way at, like, vetting, but then he acknowledges we're going to be making more terrorists by how haphazard Trump is. But you're right. Trump pretends to be this populist man of the people who cares about the working man when he's never done that. He's the one who outsources to China and builds his shit everywhere else well, and screw, doesn't pay people and screwed over his workers and uses the illegal labor to work at his resorts and all these things. So he's just, he pretends to be that yeah. and everybody believes it. And I don't blame them because they're desperate. People want jobs. He's the only one that like passionately said he would do it. The tax write offs that he got for losing all that money is, it's corporate welfare. All these, like, Barry Goldwater. Built his business right. with like government. How Trump was able to pay zero taxes you know for the, 18 years? He went bankrupt. It's like you know what? the Knott's Berry Farm guy is basically responsible for the John Birch Society. You know what that is? I don't remember. They're like the Trump supporters of the 60s. Okay, and like he had government subsidies too. All these rich business people who are like, I made it on my own. It's like, yeah, well, no, you didn't actually. I mean, you built something, sure, but you had the government exists to make it easier for you. If you had pure capitalism and everybody just had to follow by the rules, it would be much more vicious. Mm -hmm. And all, all these people are benefi benefiting from what's essentially socialism for corporations. Yeah, I mean, this guy was... But not for, like, but, but not for people, dudes. individual people who yeah. need it. Yeah, it's so, totally true. And he even said, like, he's on unemployment right now, collecting it, because he's because it, it's raining a lot and Fuck he can't do his job sure so he may as well collect it but he doesn't like the program and he wishes and i agree with him he said like money. right and he's saying true true and he's saying that you know we need to get rid of the abuses of welfare of course i agree right. with that we need a union member he wouldn't would be fine if if he was yeah well he must be probably no i doubt it what, do what does he do he is a heavy equipment operator, and he operates all different kinds of machines, he said. Maybe. Maybe he's a teamster. He might be. Um, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty... There's just so much to fix. That, mm -hmm. Trump's right about that. There's so much to fix. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. On the road again Going places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again Like a man to get this We go down the highway We're the best of friends It's the thing that the world keep turning our way And our way This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.